Welcome to the Ausländer. So, welcome to a new episode of The Ausländer. Um, today we have here one of my friends and ex-roommate in, in Frankfurt, uh, Alex. Welcome, Alex. Um, uh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> nice, to, nice to see you here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Cool. So, Alex, it's original from Bitola, Macedonia. Um He lived in, I don't know if now I'm switching uh, countries first, but I think it's Spain, then Austria, and then Germany. We met back in Barcelona. We worked together uh, in Barcelona for some time. Then we were sent nearly at the same time or at the same time, actually, to Germany, to Frankfurt in the same project. So we continued working together, but... We also decided to go and live together in Frankfurt. So we were flatmates for a little bit more than one year, I would say, around that. Um, was the order correct? It was so Macedonia, Spain, and then from Spain, Austria, and then... And then oh, back to oh. Spain, yes. Okay, so, so you went from Macedonia to Spain to Mallorca, actually, first. Or to Barcelona? No, actually, I, <clears throat> in 2011, first I went to Mataró, which is close I to see. Barcelona, mm -hmm. for three months. Then I came back to finish the, my studies. Then I went to Austria. And then from Austria, I went to Mallorca. Yeah. I see. So you were living in Bitola, you moved to Mataró, did three months in Mataró because of uh, study reasons, like a kind of exchange Erasmus, yeah. internship, yes. yeah. And then you went back to Macedonia. From Macedonia, you moved to Austria and to Aust from Austria, you didn't go back to Macedonia, but you jumped directly to Mallorca, then Barcelona, and yes. finally Frankfurt, and now back to Barcelona. Yep. Correct. <laughs> well, that's that's a quite long uh, journey. Um, so first question, of course, I would say like um, from Mataró, it's clear that you go for studies. Uh, after that, what is the reason that makes you going to Austria? Well, it, it was the same. When I was finishing my studies, I applied to many different opportunities. So one of them was an internship in Austria, which was... Um, You know, it was supposed to be like six, seven months with possibility to extend. But I also applied for a scholarship to do a master's studies. And um, in the end, I got accepted to both. I got accepted for internship in Austria and to the scholarship in Mallorca. So I decided to make the internship in Austria sh shorter for three months only to be able to go to Mallorca to study. So in Austria, you were only there for three months, so more or less the same time that yes. you were in Mataró. Okay. Yes, yes. Nice. Um, which city in Austria were you? Vienna. Vienna, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and then you started, so you did a short internship in Austria, and then you jumped 
to Mallorca to do a master. Um, master in what? So I um, I finished computer science and engineering, mm -hmm. a bachelor's degree, and then I did the master in information technologies. There is this um, um, master in there used to be a master in Mallorca called information technologies applied to tourism. So, yeah. Well, like everything yes, in Mallorca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Exactly. So, I mean, it's a rather interesting choice, actually. Just like from a lot of places in Spain, I don't know a lot of people who went uh, from outside of uh, Mallorca to study to Mallorca, for example, um, which is something that a lot of people from Mallorca end coming to Barcelona to do some studies. The other way around, I never met anyone actually who studied in Mallorca uh, besides you. So that's also quite <laughs> funny uh, that the yeah. only person that I know from Mallorca who studied in Mallorca was uh, from Macedonia, actually. Um, what about the cultural difference? Like, I mean, I suppose back in the time you were beginning of 20s, 20-something 20 um, at that point of time. Yeah. So still starting life. But it is a big, it was a cultural shock to switch from a, from Macedonia to countries like, I don't know, uh, Austria. I mean, I suppose Austria, it's more about the weather, but like uh, like uh, Spain or Austria, you, you feel this difference? No, I mean, yeah. um, I was in Austria during the summer, so... The weather was actually perfect. It was hot. Mm. It was nice. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that before all these uh, internships, I I was part of a student organization back in Macedonia, mm -hmm. where uh, we hosted a lot of international students from all around the world. So I was already being exposed to cultural differences. Mm. And it wasn't that big of a shock for me. But with that being said, there were still some uh, small cultural shocks, maybe. Yeah, I would have to say. Were you speaking uh, Spanish, Catalan, or German when you moved to that country at the very beginning? Well... I studied German all throughout high school and mm. a little bit in university, but I don't speak much. And I have like, an, I would say A2 level and I have maintained that level for the years. But even though I've tried to, over the years, to learn more, it wasn't successful. And, but as for Spanish, um, since I was applying for uh, like placements in Spain, I did a course in in Macedonia for six months, like basic. And then, for example, when actually when I was staying in uh, Austria, I was hanging out with Spanish and South American people, so I was practicing Spanish with them. Yeah, that's, and then when great. I moved, yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing happened when I lived in Frankfurt for one year. I ended up 
improving my Catalan and not German. Yeah, so. that's, that's one of the <laughs> topics that I wanted to discuss actually, and it's that actually you you not only speak Spanish, but you've been in Barcelona and in and in Mallorca for some some years, and and I must say that you have a really impressive Catalan also level, which is something that sometimes it it doesn't happen that people from um, coming to 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 Catalonia or to Mallorca or to Valencia uh, also learn Catalan because with the Spanish you can survive. But what was that something that it was clear for you from the very beginning or it was something that you found afterwards when you arrived to Barcelona or when you arrived to Mallorca to say, hey, oh, there is people speaking another language in here? Yeah, well, actually I already knew because... As it happens, you know, with these things, like with these student organizations, um, there was one Catalan guy I met in my hometown in Bitola when he came for an internship, like some years before I went to Austria. And then when I moved to Austria, we were there at the same time. So we yeah, continued like uh, hanging out. And uh, yeah, he's Catalan. He... He told me about the Catalan language because, of course, before that, I wasn't aware that there are other languages in Spain besides Spanish. So, and actually, he always said, like, hey, like you should learn Catalan so we can speak freely because if you speak Spanish, a lot of people understand you. And if you speak Catalan, it's like more covert. Secret <laughs> language. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're speaking Elfic, yeah. Uh. Yeah, but so for example, when I moved to Mallorca, um, I first I did an intensive Spanish course for one, yeah, four hours a day. It's really intense. <laughs> but and for then how long? For one month. One okay. month, four hours per day. Including weekends yeah. or without? No, weekend? no, no weekends. No. Well, even with that, it's it's crazy amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I continued doing like twice a week or something. And so after I had like a certain level of Spanish, I said, yeah, maybe I should start learning Mallorquin, mm -hmm. uh, like they call it there. And I couldn't find so many options for studying. Not as many as there are in Catalonia, for example. Mm -hmm. And also, the language didn't seem so attractive to me because whenever I heard it speaking, um, it sounded weird to me, kind of like, uh, you know, when I, when I would hear old ladies speaking it, it sounded like Chinese. Mm -hmm. Also because their accent is very strong, uh, yeah. closed, so they mm -hmm. don't pronounce the vowels. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I moved to Barcelona, I, I, and I heard Catalan from Barcelona. I said, "Wow, I can understand half of this." <laughs> I, I already no... have a base, no? Yeah, mainly yeah. because in Barcelona everyone speaks Spanish. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, even when they speak Catalan, they use Spanish words. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, the the influence in, especially in big cities like Barcelona, for example, in Catalonia it's it's strong like you really feel that a lot of people has a big influence from spanish when they are speaking catalan and and that 
I suppose in your case, it helps a lot to introduce Catalan yes. when you're already <laughs> new Spanish. Um, how, for how long you were in Mallorca, actually? It was a master, so I suppose like two years, three years? No, well, it was supposed to be one year, but I stayed for two years. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I also did an internship there. I got a scholarship from Telefonica and <clears throat> and I stayed for one more year to finish my master thesis and to look for a job. So, mm. so the change between Mallorca and Barcelona was mainly because you find a job in Barcelona. Yes. Exactly. Actually, funny thing, I found I got two offers at the same time, mm. one in Mallorca and one in Barcelona. And I chose the one in Barcelona. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, you are um, knowing your history of movement uh, through different countries. I, I think it's 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 a mark that you have that you need to move uh, from time to time. So I suppose yeah. it was also like the incubating or the movement inside of your body saying, okay, let's try something new. Let's move somewhere else. Um, then in Barcelona, you stayed quite a long time uh, um, after that yeah. uh, before going to Frankfurt um, um, let's 14 18 like almost four years yeah I would say yeah that's quite a lot of years like to to get into Barcelona and the moods of Barcelona um And now it's it's rather a weird situation that I've never encountered here in the podcast that the person who is uh, who I'm interviewing it's uh, was a migrant in the or an expat inside of my city so uh, <laughs> it, it opens a lot of questions like I don't know what was the uh, there is a typical question that I ask here which is like a comparison between the hardest or the best moment that you encountered, let's say in Mallorca, Barcelona, uh, that you can remember from, from that years. Well, I would say that the hardest is actually in Vienna because mm-hmm. uh, when I arrived, so I went through a student organization. Okay. So they, it's called EAST. Uh, I-A-E-S-T-E I will send you a link later if you want to include it in the notes and they normally organize stuff for the students to come do these exchanges so they organize they pick you up from the airport or the train station they take you to your accommodation and they put you in contact with the other students that are there so that you can hang out together and so on And when I arrived in Vienna, someone picked me up from the train station, took me to my dorm. And the next day they met with me at the dorm as well and showed me the way to the office. So that was it. And then for first, I don't know how many days, three, four, five days to me, it felt like an eternity. I didn't have, didn't meet anyone. You know, didn't meet the other people because the locals were busy with exams, so they didn't communicate with us. And I just went to work and came back. But yeah, at work, I didn't really talk with my boss. He was just giving me tasks to read stuff and learn stuff. And that was it, more or less. So when I finally 
uh, when they finally put us in touch and I met some of the other students that were doing an exchange there. Turns out they were also staying in the same door. Fun fact. So we could have met on day one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like I couldn't stop talking, you know, because I hadn't talked in five days. <laughs> how, so, how old yeah. were you when you went to Austria? I was, let's say, 12, 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 23, about to be 24. Yeah. So no social interaction at the age of the 20, 23 for five days. I was going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because I, I suppose you were expecting, I mean, you were part of a student group in Macedonia, so you were yeah. doing this task back at home and exactly. you were most probably doing it in a different way. And then you arrive to yes. Austria and you feel that they just drop you in front of, uh, of your dorm room to sleep and... That's all. <laughs> That's all that you get. Um, yeah, I, I completely understand that. Especially in the first days, I also remember from Frankfurt and and when you when you are like feeling. I mean, in that case, in Frankfurt, we were going together, and that saves a lot of things. Let's say Juanca yes. was already there, also like. But I remember, like, we were staying for the first weeks on. Like before finding our apartment, we were staying in Airbnbs uh, or apartments separately yeah. wise. And we were meeting in the center because it was the only point in the city that we knew and going together to the office. And it, and it brings you like to a point of, okay, at least I know someone in here, you know? So it definitely gives some, some, some point. Um, do you have any super bright moment, like best moment that you remember from that? time like either in Vienna or Mallorca or did you say okay wow this I remember it with with love let's say like this well I there are so many moments I have to say I mean right now most of my adult life I've been living abroad you know mm. so a lot of things happened here. I don't know. I met really good friends and yeah, with whom, with whom I still keep in touch to this day. But I don't know. I think the best moments were, would be, I don't know, some great parties we had together and some nice concerts. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Questions now that you commented, like you've been out of your motherland, let's say, like this, like the country where you raised as a as a kid, let's say, like this. You've been as an adult most of this time out of your home somehow. Do you miss it? Uh, do you miss, or it's something that you consider at some point of of your life to go back to Macedonia to live permanently there well um, when I was 18 I moved from my hometown to the capital to study so I studied in Skopje the capital for five years mm -hmm. so in case I I stayed in Macedonia I would have stayed in the capital I wouldn't have gone back to the my hometown where my parents live because there are simply more opportunities there. Most of my friends were there by that time. So yeah, it made sense. 
but to be honest, I don't feel like I'm far from home because I'm always, you know, just a plane right away. I go back pretty often. So to me, it feels like um, I'm just, you know, in a different state of like of the whole European Union and it's it's still home, you know. It's actually yeah. I'm I've always stayed in the same time zone, as a matter of fact. Yeah. You know, even though um Macedonia and Spain are on the both sides of the time zone, like on the opposite sides, but still it's the same time zone. So in 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 a way it makes it easier, you know, I never have to think, oh what what time is it now at home and stuff like that it's actually it's curious because if you take it from a map from a cartography for example now here in athens um we are one hour advanced than macedonia and that makes no sense because for example with all our scorpia it's much farther <laughs> east than yeah. than athens and the same happens with Spain. No, at the end, if you put it in a reference with UK, for example, it's exactly by 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 logic of the map, let's say, or by being strict <laughs> with the map, it doesn't it doesn't belong to that time zone. But it's true. It's just like it's the two extremes of it. Um, on the other hand, there is some things that bind you because, of course, you've created some relationships to. Barcelona, for example, because you came back from, from Frankfurt to Barcelona. You didn't decide to go back from Frankfurt to Macedonia, for example, or from Frankfurt to, to another place of where you have lived before. It's Barcelona, it's Barcelona what you consider your home now, let's say like this, like what your, your base uh, place. Yeah, I... It especially became clear when I was in Frankfurt because uh, during my stay in Frankfurt, I I was able to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I went many times that year to Macedonia as well, but I also traveled to Barcelona whenever I could. And every time I came back to Barcelona, I thought how much I like it here and, mm-hmm. you know, that I that I definitely want to come back and live here. Nice. Even though I w- wouldn't have mined uh, six more months in Germany, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, at the end, I suppose every country has its benefits and it's uh, mm, like bad points, let's say like this. Um but it's an easy movement. No, I mean, you already lived. I think that when you were in Frankfurt, if I remember correctly, you didn't even like lose your flat in Barcelona. So uh, you were like just sub renting uh, the room and then just, uh, it was an easy way back, let's say like this. It was not yes. a complex thing. True. There is something that it comes to your mind, like automatically when you think, okay, I miss this from Macedonia, like food or, um, I mean, of course your parents, I can imagine that family, it's one of the points, but yes. there is something that you would say, okay, wow, this fucking, uh, I don't know, food that I cannot find in Barcelona. I miss it so much. Definitely. I mean, um, 
there is over the years it's become easier and easier to find food here in Spain like from the Balkans in general but yeah of course I I miss the cheese that we have there like there's this really uh, nice uh, sheep cheese which is uh, feta style but it's not exactly feta and I miss these pastries uh, made from phyllo dough and with cheese or meat or spinach yeah and in a way that's what I liked about Germany is because I could uh, there are so many Balkan uh, people living in Germany that all these things are easier to find there yeah it's true I remember I remember that yeah. when we were living together, we you used to cook a lot of uh, pastries, for example, and it was not difficult to find in supermarkets and it was not yes. difficult, like you didn't need to go to a specialized supermarket to get these kind of things, like it exactly. was normal yeah. to have them. Yeah. And I miss my mom's cooking, of course. <laughs> I think everyone just missed their mom's cooking. <laughs> That's yeah. a generic thing. Um one question that it's also like really interesting from this perspective it's when when you go to germany it's because of professional reasons it's clear you already had in mind because you said i would i wouldn't have in mind like six months more in germany you were having in mind already like really clear that was a temporary move that you will never stay in germany for for longer than a certain period of time when you moved there uh, well w when i first moved there i didn't know you know mm -hmm. because maybe i wouldn't have liked it and i would have came back after three months or after six months but over the course of the year i i grew to like it but at the same time i realized that uh i like barcelona more so Happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I miss the beer from I, Frankfurt. I, I, I must yeah, accept that. I mean, I also, well, it helped a lot that, um, you know, I, I had all these uh, friends, a great roommate and everything. So to keep me there as well. Thanks for the reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, Quick question. I think now it's this weird for, from a person from Barcelona, close to Barcelona, to ask this. Do you have something that you really don't like from Barcelona that you say, okay, this is like... Uh... Well, oof, it's difficult to say. <clears throat> Because even... I like even the bad things about Barcelona, you know? Like... I like the, I mean, okay, yeah, let's put it this way. What I don't like is the, the tourism, to be mm -hmm. honest, the massification of it. Like, I, when I first came here in 2012, 2011, 12, 13, um, I used to enjoy going to all the touristic places, let's call mm -hmm. them, you know, to La Rambla, to... 
para com ele, Sagrada Família, the, Sagrada Família, to the, I used to go very often to Montjuic to watch the Magic Fountains and mm -hmm. drink a beer there, and it was, there were tourists, but it was not that crowded, or at least it didn't seem to me. Mm. Nowadays, I avoid all these places because it's just simply too crowded. Yeah, I mean, I think also over 10 years, Barcelona changed a lot in the sense like the massification of tourism that happened. It's much, much more going, growing and growing every time. And of course, there is other consequences of tourism in Barcelona. It's also like the increase of rental apartments, for example, and all these topics. But it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't think it's only you who has done this adaptation, like only you that uh, coming from outside like to go to these touristic places. I think there is a lot of people from, from Barcelona who was normally going to these places and now they are, they are avoiding them because it's too much. Mm. And there is another thing actually yeah. that is um, that I really don't like, but mm -hmm. and that is the the apartments in Barcelona. Why? Like the way the old Spanish architecture, I would like to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, they are all of them have uh, like long corridors and small rooms. Ah, but you mean and, so interior in the interior of the of the buildings? So the apartment yes. itself, not the building yes. itself. Okay. No, 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 not yes. And the fact that they don't have a terrace in mm -hmm. Barcelona, where the weather is so nice. I mean, how many? Like, I've when I was in Germany, we were looking for a flat. Okay, the first flat that we stayed didn't have a terrace, but. I knew so many people that did have a terrace mm -hmm. and then the second one we rented did have a terrace and a barbecue and everything. And that's so difficult to find in Barcelona. And here, I think, um, I was impressed actually in Germany of how, even though the weather is not as good as here, mm -hmm. that they make the most of it when it's good and they use it to go to the terrace to do barbecues. I mean, we did so many barbecues at work even, come on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what we used to call the photosynthesis of, uh, of of the German. Uh, whenever the sun is going out, uh, every, everyone is going out to do the photosynthesis, you know? But um, yeah, it, it's absolutely true. It's really difficult to find a balcony, even even not a terrace, like a small balcony where you can fit a chair in Barcelona. It's difficult to find. So mm. I, I completely agree with that. Definitely. <laughs> like if I would need to say that besides also, I don't know if, if you noticed that, and, and I don't know if the case of your apartment, but a lot of the buildings are old and they are not really well isolated in terms of temperature. So in summer, yeah. it's a heater, like absolutely hot. And in winter, it's absolutely cold in no time. So it makes things really difficult. Yeah, I, I didn't want to pile up, but of course, that's bothers me a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah just maybe making an, just a step uh, to to Germany. Do you remember any 
of the things that you have in Germany in terms of like lifestyle or whatever that you miss for, uh, being in Barcelona right now? Of course, heating and, and wooden floors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, okay, that's, that's, that's on me because I, I could move and I could find an apartment that has all that, those amenities in Barcelona. It's true. But um, I would have to pay a lot more rent. Mm, but in that's something that you don't have to look specifically for in Germany. It's uh, it's the default for everybody. Mm. Like all the apartments have heating and wooden floors. So, yeah. for example, in good isolation, in yeah. yeah. And here it's like something special, something extra that you have to pay extra for. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now we've talked about tourism, we've talked about food, we've talked about um let's talk about people. Um how did you feel like you lived in multiple places? How did you feel like welcomed in these places? How did you How easy it was for you to integrate to uh, to to these different places where you are, like considering that you've been in in multiple uh, countries, and most and some of them are rather different, I suppose, culturally wise from from Macedonia. Yeah. Well, let let me start this way. Um, in Austria, I was a short time, but. Even in that short time, I didn't make any Austrian friends. All my friends, all the friends I made there were international uh, exchange students like me. So we were in the same situation, so we bonded. I mean, it's not that we didn't met any Austrian people, but they were just, uh, I find, found that they're closed off, so... Three months is not enough time to really become friends with someone, with an Austrian person, especially. And then Germany, I would say the same. I wasn't there long enough. And most of our colleagues at work were international as well. Mm. So it's kind of different. But I, I can tell you about the Spanish people in the differences in Mallorca and in Barcelona and what I've experienced when traveling in Spain. Mm. So I have to say that both Catalan people from Catalonia and from Mallorca are very also closed and reserved, not as much as Austrian people, but compared to the rest of Spain, they are. For example, when I joined um, this the company here in Barcelona, Worldline, mm. uh, for the first month, I didn't really talk to anybody if except for work-related stuff. You know, they I didn't really fit in immediately. Mm. It was after a month that already, you know, some people started talking to me. I said, hey, like, do you want to come to have breakfast with us in the morning? And 
socialize. Big breakfast in Warline. So we're eating a lot during that time working at Warline. I think like the breakfasts were not small things. Well, actually, I joined in the summer, so mm-hmm. it was already summer working hours. And back in 2014, nobody was staying for lunch at the office. Mm-hmm. Everybody was leaving at three to have lunch at home. So the only break you had was for breakfast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But, and Mallorca was the same. Um, I mean, in Mallorca, I was an exchange student. So in the beginning, I was hanging out with a lot of uh, uh, ex- other exchange students. There was large groups from Italy, from uh, Brazil, and from all around Europe, mm. and but I managed to make some Mallorcan friends from the studies as well. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you compare that also, like in a general way, like for example, you, you've traveled quite a lot in, in Spain, as as far as I know. So you've been to other regions, like in the south and everything. Yes. And the the kind of persons really differ a lot from, from one region to the other in Spain, like in every country at the end. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, at the end might be that the North uh, people, especially like Catalan, Mallorcan people, we are a little bit more reserved in, in terms of, 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 exactly. um, of uh, socializing or, or the first interaction. Um, let's, let's call it like this. Yeah. That's, Totally a point. I, I think it's it's visible for a lot of uh, expats who move to Barcelona. But yeah, my I would say that if um, and actually I didn't say this. I someone told it, said it to me, and it's true. It's that um, if you make a Catalan friend, you've made a friend for life because they're. Uh, tough to break but once uh, you're in you're in yeah <laughs> <laughs> they are they are loyal <laughs> yes so, uh, some of them eh? <laughs> you will freak out <laughs> <laughs> so yeah one of the questions that I also do and, and sometimes it brings troubles but um, uh, it's <laughs> rather a funny question uh, actually I've didn't even present it, the the drink that we are drinking, but um, Alex, it's a fan of uh, gin tonic in general. I would say also German beers. It's one of the things that we should used to drink in our apartment, but gin tonics is one of them. So we are drinking both a nice uh, balloon cup of uh, gin tonic. Um, going back to the question that uh, that brings trouble sometimes. Um, do you remember any? crazy experience any um moment that you say okay this is out of uh my mind or what i was imagining being living outside i mean you have been a lot of years so i suppose you have some of these experiences oh crazy experience well there there are some crazy experiences yes i have to say um yeah well one of them would be when me and some other friends had to 
drag one uh, that passed out all the way to her home for like 15 blocks in Barcelona until her to get her to her parents' house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after a party? Yeah. Well, yeah, after a party, but the thing is that we were, um, it was like four of us and uh, there was one Catalan girl and she didn't drink that much, but she had the same amount of shots that we did. Mm. So she passed out. She was throwing up on the street. No taxi would pick us up. You know, they don't like to carry drunk, drunk people, people that 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 have the potential to vomit. Mm. <laughs> so, so we ended up carrying this girl for fifteen blocks until her house, like really dragging. Like she couldn't stand on her knee on her own legs, and. It, at the end when we dragged her up three flights of stairs and we arrived in front of her door we were about to ring the door for her parents to take her in she just woke up and went in by herself <laughs> <laughs> it was all theater yeah. I don't want to walk and <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy I mean when when I think about it now it's funny but Back then, we were kind of worried, and yeah, yeah, of course, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you uh, when you came to to Spain, and well, in, in Austria, it was an internship. When you decided to move to Spain more in a permanent way, so when you were um, switching from a study uh, situation to a work situation you needed to apply for, for a specific visa. You needed to change between a student visa to a work visa to be able to work in Barcelona. Yes. Yes, I did, but luckily this was handled by the company. Okay. So before, before that, the visas were handled by university or it was you who needed to apply for the, for the visas in terms of a student? Um, yeah, when I was a student, um, I had to apply by myself, but with the help of the university somehow. And generically, it's easier to apply as a student than as a person who wants to work or... It's the process complex? Uh, well, it's always complex. The process is always complex, but um, let's put it this way. When I was applying for, it was actually really funny story when I was applying for the visa because um, I, so I'm, I started my internship in Austria in June. And I was supposed to go to Spain in September. And I was graduating at the end of May. So on the day of my graduation, I had to uh, go pick up my Austrian visa, get the passport from the Austrian embassy to the Spanish embassy. They had to make a copy and then to take the passport back with me to be able to travel. And I actually had to come back later in the summer to get my Spanish visa once it was issued. So 
yeah, it was a very uh, stressful time. But it's definitely easier for studies, you know, because if you have a scholarship to study, that means that you have the money to support yourself. They ask you for less paperwork. If you... To be able to work, it's more complicated. And in my case, I was given a work permit on the basis of that I'm a highly qualified worker in an industry that has, uh, you know, lack of uh, lack of skilled workers mm. and so on. Okay. But it's also on case to case basis because I know. As you can imagine, I have a lot of friends that were in, this, my, in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. And I know that for each of them, it was a different story. Some, For some, it was easier. For some, it was more difficult. I know that some that didn't even, uh, weren't able to get the visa. So they didn't, they couldn't start working. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Now you are, you achieve a, uh full like resident uh situation uh in spain after this whole years or what it's the normal procedure like you can apply to a residentially uh, permanent residence in spain after some years i suppose yeah you can apply for a permanent residence after five years mm -hmm. but that's only five years of working and okay. in case you studied before That, that time only counts uh, the half of that time counts so okay. so if you study four years that means two years so you exactly. cannot apply so it really needs to be it, it's in terms of a quotization of uh, the tax system then somehow yes interesting <clears throat> it's it's the current situation i mean for you right now you don't need to apply for more visas uh, in terms of being working to spain because i suppose you are you've been enough time uh, in spain to to be considered a resident of the country um yeah in that sense when you moved to germany you already were like in the middle you were already like for quite a long time living in spain you moved to germany And then you come back to Spain. Does this affect uh, uh, your status as a as a person, as an expat in Spain? Or for them, it doesn't really matter that you spent one year abroad. It matters, but um, luckily, I applied for a permanent uh, residency in Spain while I was still in Germany. So. Okay. This way, I would get it because, yes, there's some uh, rule there that also uh, you need to... So in the last five years, you need to have stayed in Spain for at least four years and six months or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, of course, they they count that you go for holidays abroad and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that's why they give you this time. And... Yeah, I I was talking a lot with my lawyers. You know, I had to write the whole Excel sheet of all my travels to see how many days I was abroad and whatnot. Mm. So I applied it during 
I was staying there so that this way um, I would get the permit and then if I continue working in Germany, it wouldn't affect it anymore. Okay. Because yeah, it would count towards the next five years and so mm -hmm. on. Nice. Um, yeah, we are kind of completing the time somehow. Um, you know that I ask a couple of uh, questions at the end, like I think the first one would be, um, do you have any recommendations for, I, I will turn these two questions into separate ones, let's say like this. Um, I think there is one that it's more generic, like what you would recommend to anyone who wants to become an expert to immigrate to another country to move around uh, the world, let's say like this. And the second one, which I think it's also interesting if you have any recommendations, because I know that a lot of people from the East move um, from the Balkans, uh, people from Greece, people from Macedonia, from Albania. Uh, there is a kind of a big migration still happening. Uh, it happened a lot uh, during the last years. There is any specific recommendation that you would give to people from, from Macedonia, for example, from your um country uh that you could give to them uh, in terms of moving so more like a generic one more one a specific well i yes first of all i would encourage everyone to to experience living abroad at least for once in their life you know Depending on your possibilities and your opportunities, it can be different. But I don't know, if you're still studying, maybe you can do an Erasmus exchange. If maybe if you can afford it, you can do a language course abroad. Or if you work for an international company, maybe you can ask within your company to be placed somewhere abroad for some period of time like it happened with us when we moved to Germany. So, because in the end it, it really changed you. And uh, I think it's an experience that everybody should live. And I would, I would really encourage you. And I'm happy to say that I already have some friends that I've made in Spain that were inspired by me and decided to move and now really living abroad even though it's bad for me because out of the few friends i have here they <laughs> <laughs> to have them end up living abroad it's ah but you have a house somewhere that's always the, the benefit yes. of that you can travel yes yes for free <laughs> that's all it is <laughs> more or less yeah 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 definitely so that's would be my words of encouragement mm -hmm. and as for advice well i can give you a lot of advice i mean what helped me is of course it helps a lot if you know the language or if you're willing to learn the language you know it will help you fit in it will help you in the day-to-day -day. even though as an expert you will end up hanging out with a lot of foreigners and of course english would most probably be the main language 
Um, but for example, if you are Spanish and you go abroad, don't make the mistake of just hanging out with Spanish people, please. <laughs> yep. Because this is a mistake that Spanish people make when they go to Erasmus, for sure, I know. And well, yeah. not to Erasmus, you, you see a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Frankfurt, you can feel that also like a, there is yeah. small groups of people who's only met with their own uh, people in terms of nationality because of, yeah, language wise, it's easier because whatever, but it really doesn't bring any value on top of uh, exchanging or to discover new things. That's for sure. Yes. And well, if you, If you want to move and like uh, by getting a new job somewhere abroad, then I would or I would my advice would be to work on your uh, resume and especially work on your uh, social connections. Like even if you're not um, already living abroad, you know you can still make uh, important connections with people from abroad you can follow them on social media on linkedin on twitter you can try going on conferences and meet with people and then because i think that the way, best way to uh, get opportunities is through contacts to people you know so and then the rest of the things will just follow it's it's important to have someone like i mean you never know the where where it will uh, fall the next opportunity you know let's say like this so uh, contacts are important definitely yeah um yeah th there is the last question that i normally ask which is about the promotion of uh, projects uh, either personal or um just giving the opportunity to the guest of the of the podcast if there is anything that they want to promote to use the channel i think you commented already um i don't remember exactly the name sorry the um, students um yes to an uh, organization group. yes it's called eist mm -hmm. uh, i international association for exchange of students for technical experiences mm -hmm. yes I mean, it's true, it's meant for students to uh, be able to go abroad and uh, do an internship in a different country. But if you're someone also that have a company that does work in engineering, you can reach out to this organization and offer to host a student in your company. Exactly. Definitely. So, I mean. Yep, it's a great experience for the company and for the student as well. I mean, it's also a networking way, no? Uh, what you were just yes. saying, making contacts, uh, bringing people. Uh, you've seen Alex, you've seen uh, how many uh, countries he has visited, how many places he has worked experience-wise. So, and he started through uh, exchange of uh, of that. So uh, definitely we will put this in the in the comments and the, and the recommendations of this episode. Um, Alex, thank you so much for, for joining us today and for being my guest and seeing each other again. Uh, I mean, has been a COVID time, uh, a little bit difficult to, to connect and to see each other after 
Germany and uh, some months in quarantine and everything. Um, I hope we see each other soon in, in Barcelona then. Yes. Thank you for having me on the show. And yeah, hope let's hope we have a gin tonic in person. In soon. person, exactly. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Salute. Salute.